Welcome to the Daily Office Lectionary. I'm Father Reed. This week, we're going to celebrate, and I mean that sincerely, joyfully, Easter week. Last week, we looked at scriptures from Palm Sunday to Holy Saturday. Holy Saturday celebrates the burial of Christ. He is in the tomb. And we don't know what's going to happen. Many of them were very afraid that he would never come back, although he had told them on three separate occasions in the Holy Scriptures that he was going to rise from the dead. Good Friday, of course, we celebrated his resurrect, his death, I'm sorry, uh, his crucifixion, three o'clock in the afternoon. They took him down from the cross and buried him before um, sunset. And on Monday, Thursday, we celebrated his institution of Holy Communion. And through the week, he's sharing uh, his last messages with folks. We see that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When he enters Jerusalem from Jericho and uh, does that on Palm Sunday. We celebrate Palm Sunday at the beginning of Holy Week. So it's a very sacred week, and I hope you had a wonderful week, a joyful week, although it's not a joyful time. But as I mentioned to you several times, it's a wonderful opportunity to think about your relationship with Christ and where your relationship is and the value of Christ in your life. Now we're going to celebrate the fact that he is resurrected from the dead and what that means in our daily living. Okay, so death has been overcome. The grave has overcome, been overcome. Sin has been overcome. Remember, we finished Holy Week with Romans chapter 8, 1 through 11. Now, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, the famous 8, 1 of Romans. And he talks about living by the Spirit. I thought that was very interesting that we end Holy Week with Romans chapter 8, 1 through 11, a very positive series of verses about our new life in Christ. Well, if you look at the scriptures listed in your program, you'll see Jonah and Isaiah and Micah and Ezekiel and Daniel and Isaiah in the uh, Old Testament scriptures. Very eclectic, so we'll look at those um, for you. And then we have scriptures in Acts, Acts 2, Acts 3, and Acts 4, beginning of Acts. And then finally, some beautiful reflections on three of the best chapters in the Bible, and that is John 14, 15, and 16. Remember, we made reference to John chapter 17 last week, right before Jesus is going to be arrested in John 18. Uh, we had uh, this reflection about this relationship that G Jesus had with his father in 17. But then now we go back in Easter week and look at 14, 15, and 16 because he's going to talk about Jesus is going to talk about his relationship with the Father, our relationship with Jesus, and the influence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. All right, let's go to Isaiah. Well, let's start in Exodus, I'm sorry, Exodus 12, 1 through 14, which is the Passover. Now, that's the whole idea about the angel going and seeing the blood on the doorpost and passing over the firstborn so that if there's no blood, then the firstborn dies. Remember that famous series of passages uh, that Pharaoh's uh, son dies, and finally he lets him go. This is the 10th plague that the Egyptians had to deal with regarding Israel. So in verse 7, they were to take some of the blood and put it on the sides 
and the tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. Okay, and verse 12, on that night I will pass through Egypt. I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood, verse 13, will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when you are to strike, when I strike Egypt. And then he says, this is a day, verse 14, chapter 12 of Exodus, you are to commemorate. For the generations to come, you shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. So the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. That's the foreshadowing in this chapter, famous chapter 12 of Exodus. And when the blood of Jesus is over you because you put your faith and trust in him and you've repented of your sins, then that covers you and gives you eternal life because you are covered by Jesus' blood. And Jesus takes your sins and my sins and bears them on the cross as he did at the end of Holy Week. So we thank God for the covering of the blood. Isaiah 51, 9 through 11. The prophet Isaiah 51, 9 through 11. Chapter 51, 9 through 11. My salvation will, will last forever. My righteousness will never fail. Hear me, you who know what is right. You people who have my law in your hearts. Do not fear the reproach of men or be terrified by their insults. He says, Awake, awake, clothe yourselves with strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as the days gone by. Verse 11, The ransom of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. So this is great news, Isaiah 51, great news, a blessing of the Lord. They are going to be victorious. Jonah chapter 2, remember Jonah is the famous minor prophet who's asked to do this amazing thing by, he's going to share with the Ninevites their need to repent so that they would receive salvation from God. He doesn't want to do it. He thinks it's foolish. He runs away from God. God finds him and Jonah's prayer is in chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Those who cling to worthless idols, in verse 8, forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Salvation, he says at the end of verse 9, comes from the Lord. And so we celebrate the fact that salvation comes from the Lord, and we rejoice in the salvation of God, and we thank God for the salvation that Christ has given us by his resurrection from the dead. Back to Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah is one of the great books of the Bible for obvious reasons. 18 to 21, there's so many scriptures that are referred to. Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. That's a good promise. He rises to show you compassion, for the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who, who wait for him. O people of Zion, you who live in Jerusalem, who, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. Cry for help today. The Lord is good. The Lord is resurrected. Jesus is resurrected. He is powerful. Cry out to him. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Micah chapter 7. Micah is another minor prophet. 
Hosea, Joel, Micah, chapter 7, 7 to 15. As for me, I will keep watch for the Lord, verse 7. I will hope, I will wait in hope for God my Savior, my God will hear me. God will hear your prayer. Whatever you're going through today, whatever difficulties you may have, the Lord is with you. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. It may not seem too good. It surely wasn't very good for Holy Saturday and Good Friday. But Easter Sunday came and Jesus was risen from the dead by his Father. He was risen from the dead. Okay? Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel 37 is the very famous series of verses about the dry bones, the valley of the dry bones, that God resurrects his people. So we're waiting for his salvation. We might be sitting in darkness. Things might be a little bit difficult right now. Jonah laments in chapter 2 of Jonah, which I just uh, read, ask you to read this week. But God is with us. God is present. Call on him. Call on him while he is near. He will bring those bones together. Daniel chapter uh, 12, 1 through 4 and 13. Daniel chapter 12, another great book of the Bible, the book of Daniel. Multitudes, verse 2, who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. There's the heaven and hell uh, situation where we have those that go to everlasting life, which I praise every single one of us, versus everlasting contempt. Those who are wise, verse 3, will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. So I pray uh, sincerely that every single one of us will know the Lord and will be in his kingdom and will re receive the rewards of your relationship in Christ. And finally, Isaiah 25, which is on our Saturday. Remember, the daily lectionary goes from the Sunday, which in this case, of course, is Easter Sunday. And I hope and pray that you have a wonderful, wonderful uh, Easter Sunday and uh, a very, very good day of celebration and praise. Chapter 25, 1, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name, for in perfect faithfulness you have done marvelous things, things planned long ago. So this was a plan of God long, long time ago. It comes to fruition, Holy Week, designed by God. Easter Week, the resurrection, designed by God, okay? And God planned this long ago. Now what needs to happen is you and I are part of that plan, and you want to live into that plan. You want to live into that reality. You want to be part of that reality of God saving the world through his son, Jesus Christ. Acts. That's an interesting choice for the first week, the book of Acts. And as you know, we usually celebrate the book of Acts, especially the second chapter with Pentecost, uh, the 50 days after Easter. Uh, Acts chapter 2, 14, 22 to 32. Now this is Paul speaking I'm sorry, Peter speaking. Paul comes in in chapter 9. Uh, Peter is addressing them. But we're now going back and looking about at what happened to Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth, verse 22, was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge. 
and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead. And of course, this is what we're celebrating this week. God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. That is a true statement. So you have in your program, you have Acts chapter 2, 22 to 32, and then 36 to 41. 36 to 41. Therefore, 36, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. So what should we do? Verse 38. Verse 38. Repent and be baptized, Peter says, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. How are we going to respond? This man has died. You killed him. God raised him from the dead. What should we do? Repent and be baptized. I tell you that all the time. Repent, repent, repent. Get right with God. Follow Jesus. Okay? And, of course, this is what happens in Acts. In chapter 3, we have the famous healing of the crippled beggar. Peter and John at the temple, silver and gold I do not have, verse 6, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, walk. And so we're seeing the evidence of Jesus' death and his resurrection that he gives power to his disciples and they do miracles. Chapter 3, verse 13, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. Sounds like chapter 2, doesn't it? and disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. Pilate wanted to let him go. You disowned the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be released to you, Barabbas. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. So we're using Acts to support the fact that this is what the Jews did, and Peter is confronting the Jewish people and saying, here's what you did. We are witnesses of this. We saw this happen. By faith in the name of Jesus, verse 16, chapter 3, this man whom you see and know was made strong. Was made strong. Chapter 4. By the name of Jesus of Nazareth, verse 10, whom you crucified, but God raised him from the dead. There's another example. You crucified him, he raised him from the dead. This man stands before you completely healed, the man that was healed in Acts chapter 3. Salvation is found in no one else, verse 12. There is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. They appear before the Sanhedrin, an ordinary people. They ask him to stop speaking, but he says, Peter and John say, judge for yourselves whether it is right in God's eyes to obey you rather than God, we cannot help speaking of what we've seen and heard. We're going to keep saying it. So in Acts chapter 2, Peter gets up and preaches. In Acts chapter 3, he and John heal someone and reply to that. And in Acts chapter 4, they're before the Sanhedrin, and they say, we're going to keep speaking about it. And in each of those instances, Peter is reminding the crowd and the people that he appears before in 3 and 4 of what Christ did and what God did. Christ died, crucified, God raised him from the dead, you killed him. 
he takes them on right there very powerfully, very powerfully. I hope you enjoy those scriptures this week along with the Old Testament. As I said earlier, John 14, 15, and 16, you could read your whole life, 17, of course, too. Uh, 14, 15, and 16, these are, this is Jesus speaking before his death, uh, before the preparation of his death in 18 and 19. Jesus dies in John 19. Uh, he's resurrected in chapter 20. And there's just too much to go over here in 14, 15, 16. I could quote every verse uh, uh, to you. They're, they're so significant. But we are asked to read 1 through 14. He says, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it in verse 14. My relationship with you. Remember I talked about uh, your relationship with Christ in Holy Week to evaluate that and think about that. That relationship can be so great that you can ask anything in my name and it will be accomplished. Verse 15, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Verse 21, whoever has my commands and obey them is the one who loves me. So do you love Christ? If you love him, you'll obey him. And if you have his commands and obey him, you will love him. He who loves me will be loved by my father, verse 21 of chapter 14, and I will love him and show myself to him. So we're continuing the conversation from last week to talk about your relationship with Christ in John 14. In Acts 2, 3, and 4, we're talking about the fact of Jesus' death and the fact of the Jewish people killing him and the fact that he is risen from the dead. God has raised him. What are we going to do about that? Okay, and then of course in the Old Testament, they're looking at all this and who God is and what he's going to do way before it happens. So you have all three perspectives. You have beforehand, you have after in Acts, and then you have back to John 14, 15, 16, you have this happening before Jesus dies. It's a fantastic perspective to have. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teacher. Teaching, verse 23, my father will love him. We will come to him and make our home with him. That is what we are going for. In chapter 15, he talks about being the true vine, his father being the gardener. Verse 1, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he trims clean so there will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And so we have this remain in me, verse 4, I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches, verse 5. If a person remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. You're going to do great. What if I don't have Christ? Apart from me, you can do nothing. Can't do anything. If, a, if anyone does not, verse 6 of 15... Remaining me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire, and burned. That's pretty strong. Verse 8, this is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I want you to be witnesses. This is what we see in Acts in 3, when they're witnesses for Christ. Well, actually, Peter's a witness for him in chapter 2, right, with his famous speech. And then the healing in chapter 3 and the defense of the healing in 3 and 4. That's what he wants. Are you a witness for Christ? Are you a witness to the resurrected Christ? Are you an ambassador for Christ? Do you love what he commands? Do you, do you do what he commands because you love him? Obedience. Are you in the vine? Are you out there doing your own thing? Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
You did not choose me. I chose you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Verse 16, the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Love each other. Wow. 16, the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit of truth comes, verse 13, he will guide you into all truth. We don't know what the truth is, people. You, need, you and I need to be guided in the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. So this is why you want to have a very, you want to have a great relationship with Christ, which indicates that you have a great relationship with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into the truth of Christ. He's going to lead you in prayer. He's going to lead you in worship. He's going to lead you in Bible study. He's going to lead you to meet and love the Lord in a church body. He's going to lead you to prayer both corporately and individually, and of course, the study and the proclamation of the scriptures. All that belongs to the Father is mine, verse 15 of chapter 16. This is why I said, the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. So I'm going to take everything that I have, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity is going to bring it to you, and then you're going to know. Then you're going to take that information and that empowerment and that presence of Christ in your life, presence of the Holy Spirit, and you're going to go out as we see in Acts 2, 3, and 4, and you're going to witness and bear witness to me. That's the way Christianity is supposed to work. So Holy Week and Easter Week are two wonderful weeks of thinking about our Christian faith and ministry and life in Christ. And so I hope that you have a beautiful uh, Easter week, that you are joyful and celebratory and grateful for the resurrection of Christ, that you're celebratory and uh, joyful and grateful for your salvation in Christ. Back to do, uh, Daniel chapter 12. Daniel chapter 12, 3 and 4. You want to be in Christ. You want to be saved. You want to receive that reward. You want to receive that blessing of salvation. And that as we now enter into the Easter season, it will be one of, of joyful proclamation of what Christ has done. Well, next week we're going to look at Second Easter and we'll rejoice to follow the scriptures and in our new life in Christ following the one that's been resurrected from the dead. God bless you. Enjoy the scriptures this week and your time of prayer and reflection.